when I thought of this, it was actually thinking of all the times investors told us that we couldn't do this. Yeah. And we were just like, okay, fuck investors for a while. Yeah. Uh, let's just get in our office and work and work and work and do this stuff. And then when we were ready enough, then they actually started approaching us. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Startup Stories brought to you by the Nerd Entrepreneurs. It's nice to have you back. I'm so excited to bring you this episode for which I've traveled up north to the Nordics to Denmark to talk to a small startup that is doing something in the biotech industry. What they're doing is quite amazing. The company is called Cafe Bueno and the team extracts valuable oil from used coffee grounds and sells it to cosmetic, food and pharmaceutical companies, among others, for half the market price. The startup has patented two technologies, has deals to collect used coffee grounds from major companies around Copenhagen and will be expanding to France and Germany in the next few years if everything goes as planned. I'm really excited to share this with you. Enjoy! Welcome to the podcast, Alejandro. Um, very nice for you to take the time and uh, share your story with our, our listeners. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited because it's the first time I'm in, I'm in Copenhagen and recording. So nice. we've been recording in Switzerland mainly, but now we're expanding. Um, okay. And it's I've been looking forward to this interview because of the of your concept of what you do, which we haven't had before on the show. So maybe you could you could share a little bit about you know yourself, uh, what what was the idea, what are you doing, and yeah, what's the story behind uh, Café Bueno? Sure, but yeah, uh, thanks for coming as well, really cool. Um, I'm Alejandro and I'm one of the founders of Café Bueno. We are three Colombian guys doing weird stuff with coffee. <laughs> it fits, uh, it fits. Yeah, with coffee waste. Uh, so, we produce ingredients for cosmetics, nutraceuticals, foods, and soon pharmaceuticals out of the bioactive compounds we extract from uh, used coffee grounds. The, yeah, that's basically what we do, but it started pretty differently. It's, uh, right. Yeah, it started as a completely different business. It started as a university project in our last year of university. We were coursing through our entrepreneurship course mm -hmm. and we were assigned to make a business plan as if we were going to make a, a company. Mm -hmm. And we, well, to give you a little bit of context on that as well, uh, we have been studying, we studied in London with a lot of Scandinavian people. Most, well, most of our best friends from university were Swedish. For some reason, but yeah, they're cool. Um, I hear they're nice people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they like coffee a lot. Yeah. Uh, so we were we before that entrepreneurship course, we were already thinking, well, there's a big market for coffee in this area, and our country happens to be one of the major producers of it. Mm -hmm. So why not? Yeah, it was just an idea. But then this entrepreneurship course came, and we thought, well, let's let's make it happen. In a in a an imaginary scenario, mm -hmm. um, but we wanted to make a business 
not only that sold coffee, as in everyone else, but that addressed the issues that we grew up seeing in the industry uh, in Colombia, so where, which are basically related to the farmers. Mm-hmm. What, what issues concretely are we talking about? Uh, well, the conditions in which the farmers uh, are, uh, are forced to work in or to live in uh, because of the unfair scattering of, of the wealth throughout the supply chain. Mm-hmm. So while roasters and retailers here, coffee shops, are filling in their pockets, they, so farmers are the ones who have to struggle to have three meals a day every day like in mm-hmm. Colombia. So that's something that was really present for us mm-hmm. since we grew up in Colombia. And then when we talked about it with our friends in London, um, it was a new thing for them. So there was clearly a need for a kind of a bridge because they wanted, they, they seemed to want to do something about it, but uh, they didn't know the problem existed. Mm-hmm. So we were like, okay, let's do it. And then the business idea was basically to directly trade coffee from Colombia and roast it and sell it uh, through an online subscription platform mm-hmm. and then reinvest in, in infrastructure and education in Colombia. Um, but that's nothing of what we're doing right now. <laughs> exactly. So what, yeah. I mean, that's, that's almost one of the first questions. What, what happened then? Mm-hmm. We went from wanting to sell coffee to now using coffee grounds or the, the waste basically that companies throw away to make other products yeah. right <laughs> so how what what happened uh, well uh, we got like a sort of a the kick was that uh, our teacher in that course was a vc uh, so okay cool he actually uh, invited us for a coffee after class because he saw how serious we were and how detailed we were in our business plan and then he offered us some money for the idea but well even though it was cool that that was happening still being in university we 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 thought like okay this is a pretty shitty deal and yeah he wanted to take a lot for nothing yeah so we're like well if someone like him sees potential in this maybe we should try it out ourselves without him and then we started looking into, okay, maybe Sweden or Denmark, Norway, Finland. And then we chose Denmark because they're, uh, like they, they're, it, there's one, it's one of the highest consuming countries per capita of coffee, yeah. although Finland has more. But then here, we always, by then we, already have, we have already seen some companies doing something with coffee waste mm-hmm. and we were intrigued by it. Uh, but we didn't know the science behind it. We started business, nothing related to any yeah. of the things that we're doing. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, and then we also saw that there were a lot of biotechnology investments going on here in Denmark and that the recycling culture was pretty strong. So we chose Denmark and then uh, the government had this uh, program called Startup Denmark, which you as a foreign entrepreneur send your business plan and it's reviewed by the Danish Business Authority. Mm-hmm. They review it, then they say yes or no. They told us, yeah, come. And basically, yeah, long story short, we came by the end of 2016, uh, early 2017, we started selling coffee during the day. Then during the night, 
we were studying biochemistry to learn more about what the fuck can we do with what is also with coffee waste. How, how did how did you start that? How do you say okay, we know nothing because that's one also one one point I saw your three business founders. Mm -hmm. um, we've talked to another startup who also they they were both in in car companies, mm -hmm. but they were both business students and I'm doing something with another business student and we we also often have the question is that the right setup to start you know everyone's like oh you need to have a diverse team yeah. how how did you get that knowledge that well yeah uh, first of all I think that's the beauty of business you can get into anything after it all depends of you can know the technical stuff but if you don't know how to make money out of it, it's going to be quite difficult to survive. Yeah, but that's another thing. Uh, so we got, the, we got the idea to start learning about it initially because when, so we have always worked, uh, or for a long time at least, in the coffee industry. Mm -hmm. And we have worked in, the, in different parts of the supply chain. One of them being roasting and brewing and even the, pro the production. And there's a lot of chemistry inside that. Mm. So we already knew a lot of the composition of the coffee, composition of coffee and how does it react to different uh, environments and so on. So while we were learning about specially roasting, about the different chemical reactions uh, that coffee goes through, we knew that uh, it was composed of uh, antioxidants, essential fatty acids, proteins, sugars, sterols, a lot of really good healthy compounds. Uh, and, and we wondered like, why, why, why is, this not being is this not being taken advantage of? Mm -hmm. And we thought like, okay, would this, would this still, all of this be there after coffee is consumed? And also one parallel question was, what happens to all of this coffee waste? Like after people throw it away, what, what happens to it? So we found out that all the things that make it so healthy is actually the things that make it so harmful to the environment. When coffee is consumed, it goes mo uh, most of the times to a landfill where it decomposes and generates methane, which is a lot worse than CO2 for the environment. Yeah. So we thought like, okay, how can we make the most value out of it? And then we found out that yeah, the oil is the one that traps most of the bioactive compounds that are really good. Mm -hmm. And we also found out this was just, oh, oh, like when I say found out, like we were just curious and Googling stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> we, we found scholar, scholar, like scholar Google, Google scholar, yeah. and found a lot of already done research by scientists but it was so that's the thing that's the thing with business scientists make a research and once they prove it cool it's proved they're happy they're happy that's done yeah then we saw that and we're like let's 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 do let's do something with it yeah uh, because it's such an undervalued resource mm -hmm. it's stupid that we have been looking at it as a waste for so long mm -hmm. But then we also realized we, we, we are probably not the first ones to find this. Uh, why is no one else doing it? And we found out that many, coffee, many companies around the world are recycling coffee, but they are using it to, for compost or for biofuels, for low value products. Mm 
because after coffee is brewed or after you make a cup of coffee, what you throw away, it's full of water. Yeah. And it develops mold and bacteria within a couple of hours. Okay. So that compromises the quality of the consequent products. Yeah. So we created uh, this drying system that we put in the, in the collection points. You put the grounds there, it dries it up. Mm -hmm. And basically it prevents the mold and bacteria to grow and preserves all the bioactive compounds and reduces the logistic cost by like 60%. How did you build that? Three business students? Also uh, asking Google the right questions and then... <laughs> it's all about that skill. Yeah. yeah. Asking Google the right questions. Uh, but it, it's basically using existing technology in a different way. Mm -hmm. mm, that, and that being Juan, one of my partners, he's, he's taken the lead on the on the, all the technical aspect. Yeah. Like, we all know all the things that we need to know, but he's the one that got more into the uh, development and the research and the biotechnology. Yeah. All right, so you take coffee waste from companies, you yeah. offer them this, this thing where they can put the coffee grounds so it dries, uh -huh. then you collect that, and then you have another machine, I guess, to kind yeah. of extract what you want, the oil, right, uh -huh. from, from the coffee ground. Um, and then you create other products with that. So yeah, when we found out about the potential of the oil, uh, we went, so we knew that we needed a specific extraction method. The only people who had that extraction method in Denmark are DTI, the Danish Technological Institute. Yeah. But they were extracting polymers from some other materials. And we approached them uh, with an InnoBooster project, like to, uh, to get some funding from the innovation fund. Yeah. Initially, initially they rejected us. I was like, yeah, three Colombians, mid twenties, <laughs> trying to use our machinery for some <laughs> some weird stuff. Uh, so we sent the coffee to China to extract the oil there, and then came back. Really? And, yeah, and then like, look, this is possible. Uh, and then we were granted the grant to work with them. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we'll do it in China. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's not gonna stop us. Just like, let's find someone else to do it. Also on Google, you just found some. Yeah, that was a little bit more difficult, but yeah, also on Google. Google is your best friend. Literally. Right, that's yeah. what I always say. Yeah. Just Google it. Just Google it. Yeah, that's crazy. And you just found someone in China? Yeah, a biorefinery in China that could do the work for us. Also, these biorefineries, yeah. uh, they rent their machines for different uh, extractions. Yeah. Then, yeah, we, we got the innovation fund and then we were able to like optimize the extraction process and like the proof of concept. And then, yeah, things started to take traction and we changed the whole thing of the business. And then, yeah, we received some funding and, um, but all of this has been for continued research and development. Now we are looking for more funds to establish our own biorefinery, which yeah is basically to scale up from that lab scale to an industrial scale. So we'll get the machine that you were talking about. It's happening next year. There's be one machine here in Copenhagen. Yeah, it's gonna be here in Copenhagen. What was that moment when you when you decided we're not gonna sell coffee, but we're gonna mm. uh, use the waste of other Well, companies? since we're doing so many things, we needed to look at, we needed to look at cost benefit. How are we spending our time? What are the most promising revenue streams? What separates us from everyone else? Like, 
a lot of people sell coffee here these days. But a few people are, nobody is doing what we are doing with their waste, but very few people are like using coffee waste. Yeah. So we wanted to do something different. And yeah, that's what we're trying to do. We actually still sell coffee, but on the below the table. Yeah. <laughs> as a, just as a revenue stream, because we have those processes standardized and yeah. it takes one day of our month to take care of that. If we can just have one more quick chat about the coffee. How did you find the farmers to, to work with? We, yeah, we interviewed one other guy, did sustainable clo or clothes with some kind of cotton from Peru, and he flew there after studying for a month and try to find or found found yeah. farmers there did you have connections already or yeah yeah that that was a a plus side being from colombia mm -hmm. every colombian knows someone that knows someone that works with coffee yeah. and <laughs> and um, after graduation from university when we got the well we went to barcelona for like two months to chill a bit yeah. and then we received a letter from the from the Danish government saying that we should come and do it. Then we flew to Colombia and spent four to five months there taking roasting courses, uh, going to farmers. We got to them through connection. But initially we got to the like big business owners that handled a lot of farmers. Mm -hmm. That's when we realized we shouldn't go that way but more focus on the small farmers that we could actually have an impact on yeah. rather than the other guys. So now you're, um, yeah, the goal is really to, to sell the products that you make out of this oil that you get from the, from the coffee grounds. So the oil is one product, yeah. but it's basically to produce as much ingredients as possible to target skin and health diseases yeah. uh, out of the, what is inside coffee waste. How did you test if, you know, people even wanted that? How did you know, okay, this is, I mean, it's, possible from a technology yeah. point of view, but mm. how do you know that the market wants this? Yeah, we are still doing it. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, initially, well, the coffee oil is no new thing in the cosmetic industry. We found that it has a lot of value in the cosmetic industry mm -hmm. because it is known of all, of all its benefits. The cosmetic industry is very science-based and they know all of the composition and they know that they can use it as an ingredient. The thing is that they, all of them, they extracted from green coffee or roasted coffee. Mm -hmm. Meaning that the price of the raw material is attached to supply and demand. Mm -hmm. That makes their margin super volatile, hence their price is very expensive. Mm -hmm. So for a liter of coffee oil, you can buy it in, uh, for some distributors in the cosmetic industry for like 300 euros. Wow. We can sell that at 100 and make more margins than them, yeah. basically. Yeah. and at a fixed cost. Uh, so we knew the demand was there because it's a product that is at high value, low supply. So the idea is if we can increase the supply substantially, we can, we can reduce the price and make it. it. It's what happened with argan oil. Then now we are also discovering that there are other uses, like for example, food additive as a flavoring agent or because of the tocopherol content, we can use it as a preservative in food. So we have companies contacting us to try it out in food production. And then, yeah, that's how we tested that. And then we also made some end products and gave them to a lot of friends to try it out and they all liked it. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of educating the market enough so they can see. Because the thing is that many people don't know that coffee oil exists in the consumer right. side. Yeah, Maybe in the, 
The B2B segment, yeah, it is fairly well known, but in the, in the consumers, not that much. We're kind of working both ways. We're, we're a B2B company, but yeah. we are also quite active in the B2C side simply because it will drive the demand up to the, to the people that we sell to. Yeah. And then more products like coffee flour to bake pastries with. All right, 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 right. That's basically the byproduct of the oil extraction. And then we sterilized them. And then, yeah, we made some, we ran some tests and we found out that it's super high in proteins, fibers, potassium. Have you tried? Yeah, yeah I've made so many things with it. Really? Yeah, and it's, like, it's good to eat? Yeah, sourdough bread, cinnamon rolls, crackers, granola really? bars, a lot of stuff. There are actually a lot of bakeries around Copenhagen trying it. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to jinx it. So yeah, that, um, we are still testing the demand. I, I love how you just take a piece of waste or yeah. just waste and you have so many options to, yeah. to use it. Yeah, unlimited, unlimited options. So crazy. And I saw you were already packaging oh, yeah, we uh, soap, right? Yeah, we currently use that flour because we're going through a novel food application. So we cannot sell it right now. Yeah. So we're using it, what we have, to make some soaps mm -hmm. uh, that as an exfoliation agent in soaps. And then, yeah, all those soaps had to go through like a lot of legal stuff yeah. as well, but a lot shorter. And yeah, we're going to sell them in a market this weekend. Yeah, because exfoliating things often, the soaps have, it's plastic, pieces of plastic. Exactly. Right? And they have just been banned in the UK. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good opportunity for, for yeah, coffee. Yeah, they to exfoliate. That's so cool. How do you, so you're, you're getting that, uh, those coffee grounds from companies, cafes and so on. How do you price that? You, you buy them, right? You no. buy it. Or you, you get it for free? Yeah. So we are reducing their waste management costs. So for example, you're taking it off the like initially, yeah, we wanted to recycle from, from coffee shops, but then we realized we needed, we needed to focus on, on big companies because yeah. we need to collect as much possible of the less amount of uh, venues. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah, initially we were biking ourselves and collecting from the coffee shops every day. Uh, but now, well, now we're in this stage of looking for the funding and when we have the refinery ready, uh, we have some agreements with like big hotel chains that they produce shitloads of coffee. Yeah. Uh, a lot of tons of coffee a year. And yeah, we just collected. Uh, imagine that 10, 15% of their waste management costs relate directly to coffee. Uh, if we take that away from them for free, or yeah. we offer a free recycling service, mm. we are actually, in theory, reducing the amount of times that their waste management company has mm. to come for their waste. It sounds too good to be true. No, yeah. it's it's uh, it sounds good to be it sounds good now after we have thought of everything. <laughs> well, yeah. not everything. I'm, I'm sure we're gonna find more challenges. But um, like for us to come up with all of this in the first place was quite difficult. Yeah, because you usually you usually have some benchmarks uh, what other people are doing and so on. But trying to do this, we were like, okay, what? So we needed just to think and think and think. Yeah. Yeah. How, how many liters or kilograms of coffee grounds do you need for, I don't know, one of your products? Well, yeah, we don't make end products, but to answer that question, it's 10% of, like, we can extract 10% yeah. of the coffee's weight in oil. Okay. 
Okay. We are, yeah, hopefully next year we'll get a little bit higher yield. Yeah, and I mean, you shortly mentioned the pricing that you can you can reduce the price of, of coffee oil, the market price for now. How are you planning to price it? You're coming in with a new production process for that oil? Yeah, what's your strategy? or? So our strategy is that we have substantially lower cost than all yeah. of our competitors. Yeah. So we have the luxury of being able to price it very much cheaper. Yeah. So, so, so you're going cost-based and then you say we want a margin of X percent? Yeah. Or are you going market prices no, no, no. that and we're... I don't we're, know, we can, we can, we're going to go right below that. We're actually going 70% cheaper than the... So we are not going cost based because mm -hmm. thankful like our costs allow us to go a lot higher than our costs. Yeah. In price. Yeah. And then the goal is to get as many partners. Yeah, yeah like our goal is to to make it a mainstream oil to take away that specialty uh, affiliation kind of. Mm -hmm. It remain it would remain specialty in the, in terms of of being of being highly active and containing so many benefits but price wise for sure it's gonna go so down it's not a cooking oil though right no we can make it a cooking oil but that would yeah it's there the price is still not as cheap to, uh, yeah, to, to, to yeah. yeah okay so you you shortly mentioned you were not in denmark before mm -hmm. uh, starting this idea and then you came to denmark i've been i've been researching it and i've been visiting denmark and what I've been reading and hearing and seeing was that taxes and, and, and wages are so high. And my question is, why should someone come to, to Denmark? I mean, for you, okay, the coffee coffee consumption is very high, yeah. but it's it's also... So it's more about the mentality. So in my particular business was because more about the, how people think. People here have all their basic needs covered. They are able to think beyond what's uh, in front of them. They can yeah. think of how can how can I improve the world or how can I make the world a better place by changing my daily habits. But if you go to a country like Colombia, for example, and if you go to a farming community, how are you? So it's very difficult to expect from them this kind of mentality where they are when they are thinking about what what am I gonna eat next month? Yeah, uh, that was a key factor as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, taxes are super high. How are you? How are you dealing as a team or as a founder with high wages and high taxes? And how how do you finance it? That would be my first thought as a as a as a founder. Wow, how did we finance it initially? You mean? Yeah. How do you? How do you? Well, we invested all our savings in this. Yeah, we were working in London as well, so yeah. we made some savings and then we invested like ninety percent of what we had in the company and then the rest in living yeah uh, we started making some revenue from the coffee sales mm -hmm. not like to make us rich or anything um, but yeah slowly and then we have been able to so that basically keeps the company running yeah. by itself yeah um, as well as the like we have received so many like grants and and funding and stuff like that that it yeah, also so allows us to keep going so you were i mean what was it uh july 2017 a grant by the danish innovation fund november 17 winners of biomass innovation competition so 
yeah, that's yeah. on your side, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, the July was what I talked about initially, the innovation fund. Mm-hmm. That was pretty, in a very good timing, because, yeah, the company, so we were already, like, thinking, like, okay, can we do this or not? Yeah. <laughs> and then we received that, and it was, like, good. Yeah. Uh, then in November, that price, so I, we received some money from it, actually very decent money, but it was more about the credibility mm-hmm. that it gave us. Because like last year, nobody knew us here in Denmark. Yeah. So we were just three random Colombians trying to <laughs> take people's waste and do something with it. And so there's like a trust barrier. Yeah. And winning all these prizes basically makes people and businesses not only know about you, but trust your work. Mm. And yeah, from them, from there on, well, yeah, more things have happened that have helped us. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know that it doesn't seem long. You say, you know, I've been working with my, well, with my friend on, uh, on our own ideas since August. Mm. It's only five, five months, you know, but mm. it feels so. It's such long hours. Yeah. Like. And it's ups and downs and ups and downs. So yeah, one day you're feel at the top of the world. The next day you feel like you don't wanna you don't wanna do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had this within the day. Yeah, yeah. In the morning, <laughs> in the morning it's like yeah, wow, super cool idea, and in the evening it's like oh, yeah. I was like that yesterday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like in the morning I was so motivated, and then by the afternoon some things happen, and I was like. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the roller coaster. That's just part of it, but yeah, it's it's. I think it's it's better than just being in a computer in a nine to five job. Right. Yeah. yeah, which also you spend a lot of time in the computer, but in a different way. Yeah, but you know what, why you're doing it. Yeah, it makes sense for you. So, growing and scaling. What's the plans? You're working on the technology. I mean, you you could have the possibility to franchise it to you know to license it do you have you and your your team have any thoughts on yeah on that, how to grow that yeah like i guess you're talking about the drying system yeah uh, yeah the drying but system. yeah that's and i don't know if the extraction as well no the extraction is it's nothing new but so we are patenting that uh, drying system but we're also yeah. patenting the way in which we process coffee waste which has never been done before so we're mm-hmm. protect we have a quite a detailed IPR strategy as well, mm-hmm. as well as a long-term plan. We have a 10-year plan. Of course, it's going to change, but... <laughs> we have a 10-year plan. Yeah. But that's good to write it down. You know? yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's what we show to investors and that's what they, what they like. In terms of scaling up, well, next year, 100% sure, we're going to establish the first uh, coffee by refinery mm-hmm. here in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to recycle or to process five tons of coffee per month. Yeah. And that's going to be for around yeah, 18 months. And then we're going to scale up. That's going to be a pilot by refinery. Mm-hmm. Then a demo by refinery. We have plans to make it in France and then an industrial one in Germany yeah. where we'll be able to process yeah, thousands of tons per month. Okay. Will that only be coffee from Germany or from that? Yeah, country? from that area, from that country. Okay. If there's enough coffee for, for that. There's a lot of coffee waste. Yeah. Exactly. Initially, we were concerned about getting the coffee waste. It was quite of a logistic challenge. Uh, right. Do you have your own 
cars or no no we we partner up with a waste collection company yeah. here in Denmark yeah that's what we plan to do everywhere um, and yeah initially we were, we were so concerned about it because coffee shops put a lot of resistance and you know that they have quite restricted space yes and they are pretty standardized with their uh, logistics and ways of doing things yeah but when we talk to big companies they are a little bit more flexible in terms of what they can do in their waste space and their resources and so on that's kind of a surprise to me to hear a big company is more flexible yeah uh, when i said it i was like what but yeah it is, right, that's, it is that's a cool finding then why why are they more flexible do you think well there in this case it's because okay let, we can look at it a very specific way a coffee shop has i don't know 40 square meters to work in yeah and those 40 square meters a lot of people have to sit in and then you have to work in a space of two square meters yeah then to put a drying system there um, and they, they well they could first of all they currently they currently mix coffee waste with other kind of waste they mix it yeah yeah most of them and then um, yeah putting another bin and then also telling telling their baristas to change the way of how they throw things it's gonna make it like and if you have three four baristas in one day yeah. somebody's gonna fuck up hundred yeah. percent even if they don't want to and then they also um, um, successful coffee shop without considering the big players uh, makes 40 kilos a month while a big company we can collect a ton in a month okay but a big company is, is not hotel. selling only coffee right it just has more customers coming in drinking coffee and more the and i'm not talking about the coffee shop in a hotel i'm talking about the or a company i'm talking about the whole of the coffee waste in the whole company yeah. like from the coffee machines from their canteens from everywhere yeah yeah so they produce a lot of coffee like mm. from the hotel chain that we have partnered up with they consume 25 22 tons per month eh, per year we need just two more partners like that and we are we have fulfilled the capacity of the machine yeah the whole waste management of companies how they do it uh, we're gonna interview another another startup who also attacks that there's too much food waste yeah and so they want to analyze what's gonna be thrown away and What's the name of the company? Uh, Kitro. Okay. Um, I can I can connect you. Cool. Yeah. yeah I, I, there's a lot of cool companies working with food waste in different ways. Yeah. Here in Denmark and I know in another, like a lot of other places. Yeah. It's soon becoming the standard. Yeah. I hope so. What was your biggest challenge and your biggest learning? If you you know if you had a, a group of young entrepreneurs here looking up to you and and, and asking. Building something out of nothing. <laughs> so everything. So the yeah. whole, the whole <laughs> Yeah, I mean, not having a scientific background, definitely not only a challenge in terms of learning, because like we knew we could learn just by reading. Yeah. But then when talking to an investor, they are like, you don't have a science background, how are you going to do this? And we're like, science is available to everyone who yeah. asks. Yeah. But yeah, it kind of creates a barrier. Then coming to Denmark as three guys who have never been in Denmark before. Network was definitely, definitely a challenge. 
we are social guys, so we make yeah, you're, connections. You're Colombian. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's that's on your side. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> we we made yeah we met a few people, um, and we are still meeting a lot of interesting people. Another challenge, yeah, the whole logistics thing. It's um, yeah, and well, as every other startup, money is always a challenge. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> money? What? What's yeah, that? exactly. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> Uh, and key learning, I made a presentation for Oikos. Yeah. And they made me do a, a thing. I know this, 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 uh, this probably you have read it a lot in, in a lot of entrepreneurship blogs and so mm. on. It's very cliche, but it's very true. Then it's uh, good that we say it. Yeah. Do, uh, don't be afraid to fuck up. Yeah. Like, you fail a lot more than you win. Whatever you see in like social media and all of that, that's just a mask. But like on a constant base, on a like on a daily basis, you are fucking up. Even uh, like small or big doesn't matter. But every little thing makes you learn something new. Yeah. So yeah, I think the key learning is simply is simply uh, don't be afraid to fail and learn. Yeah, that's something I I think that's. I mean, we talked about it in one of our first episodes that maybe the word failure is not good because it, it's it, not it's, failure. It, yeah. it sounds like very negative and like you don't get anything out of it. But every time you learn, so yeah, exactly. You, it's not really a failure. Like I never, for example, if I'm if I'm trying to close a deal or something, and then I I use the wrong approach, and then that might have compromised the deal. Yeah, you would consider that a fail, of course. But then I'm like, okay next time I know what to not do exactly <laughs> and it's and it, it works pretty well after yeah you get better and better yeah. every time also something pretty key is what is like never think that you know it all because you're like uh, well, thankfully none of us ever thought that but we have realized that so many people especially old generations think that they live because they have been doing it for so long it, that's the right way yeah, and uh, and just close their minds to new findings. Yeah, which that's pretty much hindering progress. Never think you know it all, and and keep learning. That's so important. As I said, we're working on on several things, on several ideas since August. Mm-hmm. The first idea it took us one and a half months until we kind of killed it. Mm-hmm. The second idea it took us three weeks, and so we're getting <laughs> faster at cool. you know so. At what? least that, you know, you could say, yeah, we failed two times, but we learned more than in my And the next time you're going to put all those learnings into it to make it better. Exactly. So that's perfect. Exactly. Hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope. Do not let other people influence your motivation. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely key. In terms of, well, that's in a negative context. I mean, like, because... In yeah, 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 of course. Don't let people negatively influence yeah, yeah, your yeah. motivation, which happens. It happens a lot. And we are humans, it's also how we are influential beings to an extent. When I was telling this like to my family or friends in Colombia, it's like, the fuck are you doing? You know, you <laughs> <go> to, <laughs> Your family and friends, you know, the ones that are yeah, to support like, you here. Right? They, they're like, yeah, it sounds amazing, but uh, this thing can go wrong. This blah, 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 instead of like, this thing can go right, yeah. be our success. And they're, yeah, it's always like, 
basically to sum this up is uh, don't get demotivated because people cannot see what you see. And even I, I see it even small things when I tell someone the idea and the reaction is, oh yeah that's nice. <laughs> then that already can, yeah, yeah. can potentially kill you, kill yeah. the the motivation, and you yeah. shouldn't let that happen. Don't be afraid to ask for help. That is key. Yeah, you cannot do anything without other people. Yeah. Be organized. Yeah, that's, that's a difficult one, but <laughs> it makes you so much more productive and efficient with your time. What, how do you organize yourself? In a very freaky way. <laughs> that's cool. I try to be consistent with my organization, like organization in terms of like your documents and stuff. Yeah, that's implied, you should be. Yeah. Uh, but then with, I think it's more important with your time and your, your energy. Mm -hmm. So how am I organized? I basically divide all the minutes in my day mm -hmm. and I allocate uh, very specific times for every specific task and I just and before allocating times I evaluate uh, what is going to be the outcome of this task like if it's going to bring me closer to a big objective or or if I'm just going to spend a lot of time working on, like if I'm going to spend 80% of my time for a 20% outcome yeah. it's not going to be yeah it's not going to be worth it yeah and you use your calendar to fill up yeah, yeah, my calendar is, is a very freaky calendar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's quite full. <laughs> it's just yeah, a matter of taking the time to organize yourself. Yeah, and stick to it. Yeah, stick to it. It's okay. also difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I know those calendar things where you just don't stick to it. That's yeah. dangerous. Uh, I just gotta do I it. I have just made a mental rule. If it's in my calendar, it has to happen. That's it. That's good. Yeah. It's, it's just a personal thing. Yeah, and just stick to it. Think long term always. Yeah, I really agree with that. Yeah. But why did you why did you write that down? Was there a situation because I know many people that they have this idea. Oh, it's cool, but yeah, how do you see it growing in five years? Or yeah. do you see a market for it? Or how many people do you see using it? Yeah. Or what what is what's your end goal? And especially for motivation, yeah. Like when I when I one of those like shitty days. If I have to motivate, like if you cannot motivate yourself in a shitty day, well, you are we are probably not gonna go anywhere. Yeah. So my key motivation is to envision what my long term plan is and just okay, I have to do this task that I don't really enjoy. But how is that gonna bring me closer to my long-term plan? Yeah, and then it makes me do it happily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can really relate to that. We had, I remember on our second idea that we tried, we had a day and it was really shitty because we looked at competition, and and we didn't have this long-term vision, and so we looked at competition and that just drowned us. We we're like, oh, no. <laughs> so many people doing it and so many failed and. And we realized the learning was you need to have a like a long-term plan or a vision or something that inspires you and that yeah. you really think should exist. And then these challenges along the way, these shitty days, mm -hmm. they're just shitty days. Exactly. Yeah. You are gonna you are just gonna see them as like, yeah, I just have to go through past this uh, yeah. to my to my goal. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean it's not possible. That is a tricky one because there's there's a situation that hasn't done, been done before, and then you think, 
why did nobody do it? Yeah, did yeah, of course. It has a lot of or things it, to it. Or it has been done before and you say, why, why am I the right one to do it better? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this was this was basically yeah, just thinking about yeah. how that helped us develop our stuff. Yeah. But yeah, you are definitely right in those points. For example, when we thought about okay, why if there's value in this oil, nobody else is extracting it from waste if it's so much better and so on and so on. But then we realized there was a bottleneck, which was the drying, which ma which made the the whole logistics very expensive. But we saw it as a challenge to get through our yeah. long-term plan. Uh, yeah, I think then you just ask the question, you're right, you're, why has nobody done that? And mm. then you try to find that out. Yeah. Right. But yeah, and when I thought of this, it was actually thinking of all the times investors told us that we couldn't do this. Yeah. And we were just like, okay, fuck investors for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just get in our office and work and work and work and do this stuff. And then when we were ready enough, then they actually started approaching us. So yeah. it was that, yeah, that was basically the reasoning behind this. Yeah. Impact without profit is not a sustainable business. Uh, yeah, that People. was because the presentation, it was... Um, oh, it was about social businesses. Social businesses, yeah. yeah. And yeah, a lot of people in social businesses think about the social aspect, social aspect, and they see profits as evil. It's like, if you do profits, you are not social. Yeah. And it's like... Why? If you don't make, so if you're not financially sustainable, you're not gonna be able you're to help change. anyone. Yeah, <laughs> really, yeah, yeah. All right. I think that's good. A good words of wisdom. We have we have a, a, a few last questions that we always ask. Sure. Um, looking back, what would you do differently? Good question. I'm thinking of the times that we have tried things that didn't work, but then I wouldn't say I wouldn't have done it because that. Because you learned something. Yeah. Right? Like we tried so many things like nitro coffee and coffee beers and stuff like that. Nice. Uh, but yeah, something that hmm, I don't really know what would I have done differently. I, I, I think everything that we have done has helped us in one or another way. Really. Yeah, and get where you are now. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like we are the best or anything. It's simply like we feel comfortable where we are because of the things either good or bad that we have done in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think totally valid answer. Um, if you, it's really if you have that mentality, right? It's a learning, even a failure is a learning, then you don't want to not have learned that. Right? Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking of so many things that went wrong, but I was like, I will do it again. Yeah, yeah. that helps you also live without regrets and yeah. if, you, if you look at it this way. Are you hopeful for the future? Uh, of yeah, time? totally. The circular economy is basically the future and if you want to get a little bit deeper, circular bioeconomy, bio-based economy. There will, also there will come a point where, where we don't have enough resources to play with and we have to use what we have. It's already happening but to a lower scale mm -hmm. and yeah, when we're out of those resources and people see that they have no alternative, then hopefully we, wouldn't, we will not reach that point. That's fine, so. But I, also I can see, like every day I'm talking to people that work in this field and the solutions that they come up with are like out, out of this world, crazy cool. Oh, I yeah. need to talk to those people and yeah. <laughs> that's super nice. What's the last book, blog post or video that you saw or read and why would you recommend it to young entrepreneurs? 
I'm thinking of two. One really good book that actually helped me with the organizing my time and energy and efforts. Winning without losing is this one. Yeah. Winning without losing. Yeah, okay. and then the catchphrase is like 66 strategies, blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. Uh, winning without losing. Also one called The One Thing. Have you heard about it? No. It's a pretty good book. It basically gives a little... Yeah, it's this one. It kind of gives you the tools to give a little bit more purpose on what you're doing or find the purpose of what you do. Also helping a lot in the distribution of your, of your time when you have a real purpose to work for. Both of them actually make you understand the importance of the non-work life in the work life. Meaning that you don't have to work from the time you open your eyes in the morning until you close them. You have to have, so you have to take care of your mental health, uh, social life, hobbies, all these kind of things that make you not think of work will actually make you a lot more efficient, productive and creative in your work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you last year we were working the first, the first year, the entire 12 months we were working Monday to Monday, non-stop. The first year it was even more difficult to build a network because we were just working, 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 working. But then we reached a point where, where we couldn't do anymore. We were like burnt. And we were like, okay, let's take at least Saturdays and or Sundays break. And in a matter of four months, we did more than in one year. So that's one of the measures you took, just, uh, <laughs> just to taking back the weekend? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. How do you do it with physical activity? Well, I work out not that much, like three times a week. Yeah. Uh, like jog and gym and like normal stuff. And you prioritize it in your calendar? Yeah, yeah, exactly. For me personally, I also have like a back problem. Yeah. So <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah. And through that, I ended up doing yoga and it yeah. kind of, and meditation and this kind of thing. And it actually also helps. Yeah. Yeah, sitting in front of the computer uh, for a year. <laughs> it can it can fuck you up. Yeah, it's really it's really that. All right, that uh, was all my questions. Cool. Um, thanks for going through it. Um, all the best to Cafe Bueno. Thank you. And Likewise uh, for Nerd Entrepreneurs. Thank you. Thank you. Let us know when you. <laughs> for sure. That was it, folks. Thanks so much for joining in on this awesome episode. If you want to read more about Café Bueno, head over to cafebueno.com. That's K-A-F-F-E bueno.com. Or you could also read our blog post about the episode on nerdentrepreneurs.com. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our podcast because we have a lot of amazing interviews coming. In our next episode, we will interview Torben Antretter, co-founder of legal tech startup Right Now. A company that, among other things, helps airline passengers get their money back for unused tickets. The company recently finished another round of financing, adding 25 million euro to their bank. I'm super excited to share that interview with you next Monday morning. Have a kick-ass week and don't forget to enjoy the ride.